it's always a pleasure and a privilege to be here. You know, sometimes when I'm in the U.S. and people ask me for the greatest need in Haiti, and I would say prayer, and it may become a cliche, said, you know, I'm a pastor, and that's what I'm supposed to ask, you know, for prayer, but it is not. You know, I feel like I'm alive today because people are praying. That's it. Every time I go out, you know, I don't expect to go back and to come back home. This is how dangerous it is. You're just praying, God, may your will be done. May not, may my, you know, the sacrifice of our life may not be in vain. That's all. And we know it's not in vain, but we are called to pray. Don't forget the simplicity of the gospel. This is what I want to talk about in Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go to Ephesians no, chapter 1. Uh, the simplicity of the gospel. When I'm on the street, you know, and I know that I can die at any time, the gospel is what's keeping me encouraged. Because I know even if I die today, I will be rejoicing the next fraction of a second, you know, with my God, with my Lord. So this keeps me going. As simple as that. If I die today, I know where I'm going. Yes. Amen. You know, so nothing else matters. And keep it simple. In the car coming from Philadelphia, from the conference, we talked about a lot of different things. And one of the things that uh, you know, we talked about, and John was talking about it more than anybody else, is chat GPT. You know? And I was curious. There were guys on both sides. This is evil. You know, even at the conference, one of the pastors called chat GPT demons. <laughs> and then uh, John didn't see it this way. And I don't see it this way, too. So that prompted me to go and ask Chad GPT, give me a sermon, a sermon on, you know, Ephesians chapter one. <laughs> and it did, <laughs> you know, in like five seconds, you know. And the title was <laughs> Unveiling Our Heavenly Inheritance. That's, that's, that's great, you know. And it's, you know, have like four different points. I'm not teaching it, you can go ask it, ask Chad GPT yourself. <laughs> But I thought it was very interesting. Number one was chosen in Christ. That's true. We are chosen. You know, second is redemption through his blood. And then, you know, and it talks about all this in a very, very good way. You know, something, is someone that I could just grab and teach this morning. The third one was sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. And then the last point was the power of Christ's resurrection, which is good. I'm not afraid of, you know, chat GPT, you know. So I think these could be like good points for me. Or maybe I'll teach them when I get back to Haiti, you know. <laughs> but my message this morning is the simplicity of the gospel. Keep it simple. Simpli simple doesn't mean easy. You know, it's not easy to walk by faith. I don't know if you know that. You know, Pastor Steve says, just put one foot forward. I just had like uh, a bad case of sciatica. So I, I only have one good foot now. <laughs> I can only put one good foot forward now. I can <laughs> <laughs> the book of uh, Ephesians is, is, is a complete book. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to go and read it. It talks about everything that you need to know about, you know, the essentials of our faith. So chapter one. You know, what I get from chapter one is uh, I even went uh, after chat GPT, I, uh, GPT, I went and listened to my message. I, I realized that I thought the me this message 
in the church, I mean, Ephesians chapter 1, about 10 years ago. So I went to the site where my messages are, and I listened to my message, my own message too, to see, you know, what it says. And this is not like uh, what the Lord put in my heart for you, you know. I talked about the will of God, which is good, yeah, when, when I taught it in our church. But this morning is the simplicity of the gospel. We have a tendency as believers to complicate things, you see what I mean? But when you live in a place, like in Haiti, you know, where your life is constantly in danger, there is no room for complication. You see what I, mean? <laughs> I want people to just know how to be saved. What is the gospel? You know, Ephesians, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, that says the gospel is, and then it tells you, Christ, who died for you, got buried for you, resurrected the third day, got raised the third day. That's the gospel. You know, and there's no, nothing else. This is the gospel. And believe it, and you save. And you sealed, like Chad GPT said, right? <laughs> sealed by the Holy Spirit. So uh, Jesus' life was simple. When you think of it, you know, if it was me, you know, coming to a place I created, I would choose, like, the best spot, right? The best life. Good looking, you know, get rid of this and shrink this and put this like that, you know? No, but no, Jesus came not even as an ugly guy. I don't know if you know that. If you read Isaiah, I mean, if you're beautiful, people look at you. But if you're ugly, people look at you too, you see what I mean? <laughs> but Jesus wasn't ugly or beautiful. You are just, you know what I mean? You don't see him. <laughs> and uh, his, you know, his body was like, you know, like the very, very like uh, tiny, like somebody who is kind of frail, sick, you know. You know, that's the simple life that he chose. And he was born in one of the poorest families. I mean, that I cannot understand, you know. You know, put yourself somewhere, you, you know, have more money. So I mean, but I'm sure there were days that he couldn't eat, <laughs> you know. You know, I remember I had the opportunity to, to go to, 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 to uh, Nazareth with my wife. That was a, a gift from a Calvary Chapel church, you know, uh, to my wife and I to go to a conference in Austria. I don't know if you know that, but one of the Calvary Chapel churches own a castle in Austria, and they have conference there, you know, all the time. So they invited us to come. You know, that was like, wow. But my wife doesn't like to fly. And she said, let me think about it. I said, what's to think? I think a trip to Europe, all expenses paid, go to a castle. <laughs> and then I said, yes, for her. I said, I say yes. If you don't go, I'll go by myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she finally says, said yes. And, and I said, while we're here, you don't like to fly, we, we have to go to Israel. It's like a couple of hours away. And she said yes, too. But as we were flying, from the place where we were in Europe to, you know, Israel, the plane was misbehaving, you know? And my wife, who is afraid of flying, I mean, she was like, man, in a bad state. And I said, you know, what I know for sure, tonight we will sleep in Jerusalem. You understand? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We'll end up in Jerusalem. <laughs> That's where we'll sleep tonight. You know, man? She was mad at me. <laughs> but that was true, right? You know? 
And this is my life in Haiti. I know we will end up, you know, whatever happens to me, I end up in Jerusalem. Yes. How bad can that be? So, I mean, so keep it simple. Jesus, Jesus had a simple life. Paul had a simple life. And I can talk about many of the patriarchs. You know, all the same, simple life. You know, simple life. And when Paul came to Ephesus, he, it was just a simple decision. You know, he was just uh, sharing the gospel to Asia. And then he says, okay. From Corinth, he, he went to Ephesus, find 12 believers there, share, the, share, share you know, the word of God with them because they didn't understand exactly what it was about. And then he went to a synagogue over there, you know, and uh, spent three months teaching the word of God, explaining. This is what we need as believers. You know, there is preaching, there is teaching. You know, if you, if you are saved already, preaching doesn't do anything for you. Because preaching is just sharing the gospel. Tell people how to get saved. But if you save and they keep on preaching to you, you know, you don't grow. And this is what many churches in Haiti are doing. Every single Sunday, preaching and preaching and preaching. Instead of teaching so we can grow. So Paul was teaching because the Jew. The Jews know about God already. So you have to teach them so they can understand and make decisions. And they kicked him out after three months. And he spent two more years in Ephesus in uh, a school there uh, owned by Tyrannus. And he teach the word of God. As simple as that. And Chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. We are who we are by the will of God. But are you in God's will? Are you, are you living his plan for your life? To the saints that are in Ephesus, you know, and this is like a simple truth too. In Haiti, it's so hard for people to understand that we are sent, you know, because they look at the outside, you know, you know um, our lives. You know, they say that I'm not perfect. How can I be a saint? You know what I mean? We are saint. Not because of what we are done, but because of he lived. Christ lived. Amen. You know, a perfect life. And sometimes people, you know, get one part of the story. Like Jesus died for me. Yes, that's the most important thing. This is the gospel. Jesus died for my sin. Jesus was buried for me all the hypocrisy, all the bad things that I, that I did, he buried them. It's over, done, you know, and he was resurrected the third day, a new life, something new. And that's what we did when we get baptized. If you're a believer and you're not baptized, there's something wrong with you, you know. I don't know if there are police officers in the church, but in Haiti, I usually tell, who is not baptized yet? And call the police officer to, you know, bust him, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, in baptism, in baptism, you actually said that I was crucified with Christ, buried, and resurrected. But there is an important aspect of the gospel as well. Jesus also lived for you and I, you know? And this is important to understand. He lived a perfect life. So he was a saint. So he took my life because the, the wages of sin is death. So he went to the cross. That's my life. But what about his life? He gave it to you. He gave it to me. So he was perfect. So we are perfect in the eyes of God. And that's why we don't pray in our name. You know, 
I'm not praying on my name. <laughs> There's no way I could get, you know, God's attention. <laughs> See what I mean? But it's always in Jesus' name because I have that life. So you, have, you need to understand that. And so many things. When I understood that, so many things, you know, become clear to me. You know, a lot of false doctrine. You need to get baptized to be saved. Jesus was baptized for me. I'm baptized already. You see what I mean? You know, when I do the baptism, you know, like the church does the baptism, it's like to tell the world who I am. But I am baptized already, even before that. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's a complete package. That's his life. You know, he was good as a baby. He was, I wasn't good as a baby. My mom told me that. <laughs> you know? Because she said when she was feeding me, and I didn't want any more, I would just bite, you know. <laughs> and she would spank me, and I would release it, you know what I mean? So I was already bad. But Jesus wouldn't do that to Mary, you see what I mean? Jesus was good as a baby, as a kid, as a teenager, you know. I did something that I'm not proud of when I was a teenager, you know. But Jesus didn't. That's the life that I inherited, you know. So understand that. The, the guy, the thief, dying on that cross, he didn't, he didn't have the time to get baptized, you know, to give his tithes and offering, you know, to, to, to share the gospel. With it. He didn't have time to do any of this. But he received the life, the perfect life of Christ. So that's why Jesus said, tonight you will be with me, you know, in paradise, because you're perfect. Only perfect people live there. So understand that. In chapter 1, verse, first verse continue, he says, uh, to the saints who are in Ephesus, to the saints who are in, you know, here, Calvary Chapel in the city, and faithful in Jesus Christ, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, Chuck called them uh, the uh, Siamese brother, grace and peace, okay? Uh, peace also means prosperity, that word. So many people want peace of mind, so they are looking for wealth to have peace of mind. And I know many people in Haiti now, we are like rich, but they don't have the peace of mind. So it's only come from the grace that we receive from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, the life of Jesus was simple. Christianity is simple, you know? It's not like a list of things that I have to do or not do, you know, to earn God's favor. It's a relationship that I have based on what Jesus did. And believe me, chat GPT get that right too. So if you don't get it, you know, yeah, chat GPT will teach you. <laughs> you know? So don't be afraid to go ask it. You, know? <laughs> you did a good job. Christianity is not a religion. You know, we talk about religion to classify it, you know, but it's not. It's a relationship that I have. And this is what the Muslim cannot understand. How can, you know, me, you know, a sinner, can have a relationship with the creator of the universe? For them, it's not possible, you know, but it is possible. So keep it simple. Christianity is simple. The gospel is simple. We just talk about that. Jesus' life was simple. Keep your life simple too. Keep your life simple. In Haiti, this is one of the things that's, you know, preventing us from doing anything good. You know, we complicate everything. And I used to tell the church that sometimes the people invite me to a dinner in their house. They have three different meats. 
And I said, man, I cannot heal all that thing, you know what I mean? You know, especially now that I'm getting older, my metabolism doesn't work as well, you know what I mean? So I said, why don't you invite me three times instead, you see what I mean? <laughs> instead of giving me three foot meats. And then we can spend more time together. But that's the way we do things. We complicate it. Different type of rice, yellow rice, white rice. You know, see, we complicate everything. So I just tell them in the church, I said, stop doing it. You know, invite me more time, just once with all this. You see what I mean? Because I'm not enjoying it. Uh, verse 3, blessed be God, be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. One of the things too, you know, we said, God and Father. You know, the thing I just shared with you, you may not, you, you may not see it now, but think about it, that Jesus lived for you. This thing helped me so much. People ask me, uh, especially coming from a Jehovah Witness background, you know, how can God be God, you know, and son at the same time? Jesus is the son of God. And we said that Jesus is God. And they said, how can it be? Because simply because he was living my life. Does that make sense? Remember he was living your life? So when you receive that life, you become son and daughters of God. So he has to live as son of God. That was your life. Does that make sense to you? Okay, it may take time. But the fact that Jesus lived for you, think about it. It will answer, I would say, more than half of the question that you have about the Bible. You know, more than half. You know, I sometimes challenge my students. You know, I ask questions, and I want them to answer with that truth. Jesus lived for me. You know, you take that and you answer the question. You know, think about it. This will help you a lot. You know, I am a son of God because I have Jesus' life. So Jesus had to live as son of God. That's why he's, God is my father. Who, uh, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 3, Ephesians, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. Sometimes when we think about, you know, you know, blessing, we think about material, you know, possession, you know. But yet in Haiti, the believers are as blessed as people who live in America. Does that make sense? Once we are saved, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ, according to, according as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God is omniscient, om, om, omniscient. So he knew already my life. I was going to be born that date and make that decision. So my life is in his hand already. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Again, how can we be holy and without blame again? Can somebody tell me? How can we be holy and without blame? He lived for me. Jesus lived for me. I have his life. Jesus is holy. Jesus is without blame. So I am holy. I am without blame. Uh, verse 5. Before him in love. Verse 5. Verse five having predestined us to the, to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praises of the glory of his grace, in which he has made us accepted in the one having been loved, meaning Christ. In First Corinthians chapter 15, you know, we found the gospel, okay? And this is a miracle. The gospel, it's like 
It's so simple, yet so powerful. I have a friend who was like a drug addict, you know, in, uh, in Florida. And the day he accepted Christ, he never touched drug again in his life. I'm talking about 40 years ago. Never. You know, how can that happen? You, I mean? you know, nobody, science cannot explain it. You know, sometimes when I'm talking to people who are all about science, and, and I said, but how can you explain this? And this is, I mean, some, uh, sometimes I, we, we have these experiences. Somebody was in danger. Somebody who came to our house when I used to live here on vacation, a teenager, and we gave, we, gave, we gave her a car so she could, you know, go around without, because we were going to work at that time, my wife and I, we didn't have time, so she, she was the driver, so we gave her a car. And one night, you know, I was, I mean, some, I mean the Holy Spirit, I should, say, I should say something, because I know it, it was God, woke me up to tell me that that person was in danger. Does that make sense, scientifically? And I woke up my wife, and she said, why are you waking me up? It was about like 1.30, you know, 2 a.m., and I said, that person who lives in our house is in danger. She said, how can she be in danger in the guest room? So I said, let's go check. She wasn't there. The door was locked, so we went outside to check the window, the window was open. She was out, and the car was in the driveway too. So we know she was out. And she's, my wife said, harder then, you know? Because it, it was like a physical, you know, thing, just knocking me, wake up. And I even got mad. I thought it was my wife. I said, why don't you just call my name? And then she was like, I didn't, I mean, I don't want to say what she was doing because she's watching now, but she was out of it. <laughs> And then I, I woke her up, and then we called her. And she was somewhere, loud music going on. And I said, do you trust me? She said, of course I trust you. She said, just leave right now, no question asked. And she left. I never knew what happened. She never wanted to share what happened. But what I know, it was a Saturday night, and on Sunday morning, we have like to beg her to go to church. But that Sunday morning, when we woke up, she was ready to go to church. Wow, amen. You know, how do you explain that? <laughs> I mean, scientifically, how do you explain that? How do I know? And it's not the first experience that I had. You know, even now in the church, some, some, uh, sometime I would just call someone, and I said, you're dealing with this and that and that. And that person would say, did you talk to such and such? I said, no. That person would say, that's the only person that I talked to. But God knew. And God told me, because you, want, you needed somebody to talk to you, you know? And these people would be so surprised, you know? One day, true story, I was at home, and a few people in, in the church was bad-mouthing me somewhere, and I was just watching them like TV, <laughs> you know? And I called the owner of the place, and I said, how can you let this happen in your house? She said, what? And I said, this is what you're talking about. And she said, how do you know? And she checked the other person's phone to see if they are filming it or something and sending me the feed. And nobody had a phone, you know. And she said, how do you know? She said, I'm watching you right now. 
certain shirt, uh, search and search is at your left, this is there, this guy is in front of you. <laughs> you know, how do you explain this? You know? You cannot explain this. But keep it simple. It's powerful. Remember, simple doesn't mean easy or you know, or something that we can explain scientifically. It's powerful, but yet it's simple. Let's keep it this way. God is still working out miracles. The same way he saved you through miracles. It's a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. But sometimes we miss them, you know. When I start thinking, when I started thinking about it, about miracles, and I realized there have been a lot of miracles in my life, and I, I didn't even realize it. But if it was Paul, you know, it says Paul was, you know, on the road to Damascus, and this happened, whoa, it happens to you too once in a while. You don't, you don't see it. You're just looking at other people's life. I was doing uh, a computer class at the main jail in Haiti. And one day after class, it was like four or five of us, you know, they were doing uh, plumbing, and I was doing, you know, computer skills, and somebody was, was doing literacy, you know. And on the way back to the church, I said, I feel like, you know, some pork, what we call in Haiti, guyo. I feel like some pork, you know, and plantains. And somebody said, ah, at this time, it was about 11, 12. At this time, you won't find any good things out there. You have to wait, you know, tonight. It's at night that you find, the, you know, the good guyo and plantains. And then five minutes later, somebody was like, you know, blowing. What's wrong with that person? And she passes it and says, Pastor, oh, somebody in church that I know. She said, follow me. And then she took us to the Bible Society in Haiti. And there was like a, a table from this pole right here, the speaker, all the way here, you know, filled with griot and plantain. <laughs> you see what I mean? If it was Paul, you see what I mean? Paul writing this, I felt like griot, and five minutes later, it was a feast of griot, you see what I mean? But we don't feel about these things, you know. And there are so many things in our life. Expect these miracles. God is still doing it. There are miracles happening every day in our ministry, despite what's going on in Haiti. Where we live, all the gas stations are closed. And we need pooping gas from the gas station to cook. Our car cannot get out to go get, you know, pooping gas. So we said, we, 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 we will have to close. Because we cannot like, survive without food. And we cannot cook the food without pooping gas. For these past eight months, somebody from one of the gas stations, a closed gas station, somebody came and told us that, I mean, there is some gas, pooping gas still there. If you don't mind, since nobody's buying it, I can just provide you with pooping gas. You know, you don't think about it, but this is a miracle. You know, and for the past eight months, this guy has been on a motorcycle. Take the tank, go fill them, you know, every single week for these past eight months. And I'm thinking, will it ever expire? That is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean? And we were feeling like over 100 person at some point in that place. Sometimes it's like many trips a, a week to go fill that tank, you know, and it's still there today. We never miss, you know, a day because of pop and gas. That's a miracle. But you have to think about it because Paul didn't write about this, right? <laughs> we need to think about it. Even 
the graduation that we just had, you know, uh, two Sundays ago, we had a school graduation. Despite of what's going on in Haiti, not only we are graduating students from our school, but they are getting jobs. You see what I mean? When you figure it, it doesn't make sense the way Haiti is now. Everybody's living, many companies are closing, and yet we are working. You know, the, our young people are working. They are graduating, they are working, you know, things are moving. It's a miracle. And I don't want to take this for granted. And I, you know, look at your life and you will see these things. My car, Pastor Steve was saying it, my car was shot at. I never find that hole. <laughs> it could have been me, or it was the two of us at that time there, you know. Never. And then the guy who stopped me, you know, I was able to talk to him and calm him down and give him 20 bucks and he let us go. Just for 20 bucks. He could have got the car, you know, and sell it for more than $20,000. You know, it's an expensive car for mission. It's a special car for mission, you know. But now 20 bucks, you don't figure out, but it is a miracle. So think, look for these little things in your life, you know, because sometimes as believers, we know that we need to walk by faith and not by sight. But oftentimes, I don't know if just me, but sometimes I want to feel God's presence. I want to feel that, you know, I'm walking in his plane, that he's there with me. I know he's there. But sometimes as humans, we need to feel it. And these miracles in your life will make you feel God's presence. He's there. He's working. Even when you don't, you know, really think about it or see it. Verse 7 says, In him, Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he caused to abound toward us in all wisdom and understanding, having made known to us the mystery of his will. In other words, I mean, when I taught on that in the church, I emphasize on his will. The will of God is not a mystery. You can know it, you know. But sometimes we complicate it. You know, one pastor, Pastor Don Cole, I don't know if he's related to Steve, but Don Cole from the Moody, uh, from Moody uh, Bible Institute. I mean, he passed away now. He's with, with, with the Lord. But he's the one who brought me back, you know, to the faith, you know, through a radio program. So he used to say all the time, instead of keep on asking, what is the will of God for your life? What is it? He said, just go serve in a local church. And don't serve where you think you deserve to serve or where you have skills to serve. Serve where there is a need. And I started doing that. And I always end up where I am. You see what I mean? Even when I have the call to go back to Haiti, my wife and I. We moved from Fort Lauderdale. We used to go to Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. We moved to Melbourne, in preparing to go to Haiti. We moved to Melbourne. And when we went there, I did the same thing. Went to Calvary Chapel of Melbourne, and I asked them, where you have the most need? Tell me where you have the most need. They said, the parking lot. I said, here I am. I'm a parking lot guy. It's a huge parking lot. It's a huge church. At least 1,500 you know, space in the parking lot. So we used to have like three services, one Saturday night, two Sunday morning. So it's a lot of work in that parking lot. And, and usually the Saturday night, which was mine, because nobody liked the Saturday night, because in Florida it rains often, you know? 
So being in that parking lot, you know that you will get wet very often. So I choose that, you know. And my ministry started right there. Sometimes I see people, you know, their faces say, like, I'm going to church, but, you know, I don't feel like going. I don't feel like, I don't feel God, God's presence, kind of, kind of thing. I would stop them. I would just say, can I just pray over you? They say, yes. And sometimes they ended up sharing with me what's going on. Sometimes it's husband and, and wife. You know, the supporters that we have in Melbourne, they are all couples. And these are couples that I counsel in the backing lot. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you know. And then before I know it, you know, I was, you know, teaching. Because the pastor, the people that I'm counseling in the parking lot, they went to the pastor, you know, to tell them, you know, what was going on. And the pastor, and they, uh, you know, ended up giving me an office in the church so I can continue to do that, you know, for other people too. So it doesn't matter where, where you serve. You will end up where the will of God is for your life. Amen. Just serve, serve. Sometimes I tell people in our church, if, they, if you cannot find anything to do in our church, go somewhere else. But get busy, you know, in your father's kingdom. There's always something to do. But if you cannot find it here, sorry, Pastor Steve, I'm kicking some people out this morning, you know. If you cannot find it here, go find it somewhere. Be busy about your father's business. We don't do it for salvation. <laughs> I mean, that's where people can complicate it too. They are working hard for God. There's, you know, often people would tell me in Haiti, you know, God will not forget me because I work so hard. No, it's not because you work so hard, because he loves you. <laughs> working, you know, I wouldn't be in Haiti if it was like salvation by good works. Why would I choose to work there where I could do something here, right? in the air conditioning, electricity, and the internet, you know, good, good roads, you know, and safe. No, no. We are doing it because we are saved. The verse that Steve read, Ephesians 2, verse 10, we are his workmanship, his poem, you know. He's writing your life. You are a poem for God. So that's why I'm where he wants me to be, you know. Not because I'm brave, no. <laughs> I'm a coward, believe me. <laughs> I never fought in school because I was always afraid that somebody will, you know, break my teeth or something. You know, I never fought, you know. And sometimes people, you know, would see it so, said, you know, you're such a coward. You know, this guy is telling you all this bad thing and you do nothing about it. You got me to take care of it. I said, you take care of it. Let them fight for me. <laughs> but I, I was not brave. So let's keep it simple. Let's, you know, go to the church, ask the leadership, where can I serve? What can I do? You know, there is so much need everywhere. You know, where you are in Boston, it's a dark place too. <laughs> just Haiti. Remember that um, Boston is the I mean, education capital of the world. That means here it's all about knowledge and knowledge and knowledge and knowledge, you know. And there is no God. So this is a dark place. People are hard. Their hearts are very hard, hardened here. So there is always something to do to glorify the name of our God. And uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, these verses I use a lot, the three steps of salvation. I'm just reading it, no comments, so clear. In whom also you, 
hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, it tells you what is the word of truth. You know, it's not like words of truth. It's like one truth. Do you remember that? I mean, do you know that there is only one doctrine in the Bible? Did you know that? Go do a search in one of these software that give you the Bible. You will see the word doctrine is always in singular. When it's in plural, about three times I think it's in plural, it's about, it's about uh, demons doctrine or false doctrines. But the, God, the, 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 the doctrine of the Bible is the gospel. That's said. There's only one. That's why I can work with any other denomination. As long as you believe that Jesus died for you, <laughs> he was buried and was raised the third day, that's the doctrine. Nothing else matters. Just what you believe. And this is what he's telling you now. He says, hearing, number one, three steps. Number one, hearing the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation. Number two, what do you have to do? Believe it. In whom also? Believing. And step three, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So if you hear the gospel this morning, if you're not a believer, you heard it. The gospel is simple. There's only one doctrine in the Bible. That's the gospel. And then it's Jesus who died for you, get buried, raised from the dead. That's it. So our job is done this morning. You know, you, you heard it. Your job starts. You need to believe it. Once you do your job, God's will do his. Seal you. You know, with the Holy Spirit. Verse, verse 14, who is the earnest or the guarantee of our inheritance to the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Three steps. Hear, believe, seal. And that's it. Let's keep it simple. Some people think that I cannot share the gospel. Now you can, right? You know what the gospel is? Jesus died for your sin. Are you good enough to enter heaven? Are you perfect? Nobody is perfect. Be ye perfect as God is perfect. Do you know any perfect person in this life? No. So if you want to be perfect, you inherit the perfection, the life of Jesus Christ. That's what makes you perfect. And now you are perfect like God because God came and lived a perfect life. Lord God, we thank you so much for the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of salvation, the simplicity of the life of a believer. Help us, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit so we don't complicate it for nothing. We keep it simple. In all aspects, we just do your will. Love people. Share the gospel because we love them. We want them to spend eternity with us. So we continue to share and we keep it simple. If there are discussion about this or that, we just have to leave it at that because the only thing we need to agree on is that the gospel saves. Jesus saves. Jesus died for my sin. And I pray, Lord, if there is someone right now who hasn't made that commitment to accept that gift of eternal life, your life, the perfect life that you live. We pray, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit that you will stir into that person's heart to just accept it and pray to you 
telling you thank you for the gift of salvation. And I pray that person will be bold enough after the service to see one of the leaders. And so they can disciple, teach, like you said in your word in Matthew 28, last verse you said, so we have to go throughout the world, share the gospel, but that's not enough. You said we need to teach so that person can be taught your will in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ our Savior, we pray. And everybody who agrees with me says, Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Amen. I want to do something a little different today. The worship team's going to uh, start up and I'd like you to find someone next to you, or maybe there's two or three, and I want you to pray for, for Serge. I want you to pray for the church.